When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. Welcome into the Extra Extra in Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. Final day of the U.S. Olympic trials, folks. It is in the book. Price Atkinson here, joined by Jerry Gertz, president and CEO of Curling Zone. And we're going to have a special cameo by, what do you want to, head statistician, Amelia Young? I mean, what, what's, what's her title? She was attached well, at your hip all week after. <laughs> well, that's supposed to be my title, but I guess. Uh... Okay, that's your title, but. Assistant head statistician? Yeah, I was more of a supervisor, whereas uh, Amelia well, She scored to the do... damn games. Exactly. Uh, supervisor, whereas, uh, yeah, Amelia did all the hard work. So I think my official title on my credential was deputy chief statistician. <laughs> hey, that works. Well, all right, we got a lot to get into. Amelia's going to hang out here for a, a little bit with us. And, you know, let's go. Let's just start on the women's side, guys. Team Roth. Going to the 2018 Winter Olympics. Defeats Jamie Sinclair in Game 3. And it was a game that was a back-and-forth affair that had drama, especially in the ninth in. But in the end, it was Nina Roth who wins the best-of-three series after winning Game 1. Sinclair wins Game 2. But tonight, Nina Roth and Eileen Geving, Tabitha Peterson, Becca Hamilton, first-time Olympians going to South Korea. Yeah, you could tell there was a lot of nerves out there. You had eight athletes who had never been to the Olympics before. And, uh, you know, it, it's difficult for for them to, to really understand what they're feeling going in. And with nobody out there to kind of, you know, lead the way, you know, they kind of had to feel their way through it. You know, in watching that game, too, in comparison to their last two games, I think uh, their stats also show that a little bit. There were a few moments where shots they've been making all week, they mm-hmm. maybe, you know, didn't make them as cleanly or crisply as they did earlier in the week. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, opening opening end, uh, Jamie Sinclair comes up short on a draw, gives up a steal of two, and kind of nullifies that hammer av- advantage. Yep. Which, uh, you know, interesting enough, uh, all three games, the team started without hammer, managed to come through and win the game, and you know that's it doesn't seem like a lot, but you're talking about a you know forty five to fifty five uh, percent uh, differential between you know winning without the hammer versus with. So you know all three games, the 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 underdog came through. 
We got a lot of player audio uh, from the athletes uh, after the games. We're going to hear from many members uh, of Team Sinclair and certainly uh, of Team Schuster, who was also victorious in knocking off Heater McCormick. John Schuster becomes only the second four-time Olympian in USA Curling history. We're going to get into the men's game after the break, but I want to stay with the women. Got some audio here. Let's go ahead and bring it to you. Uh, I want to... Let's get Nina Roth to skip right out of the gate. She talked about how she's feeling about joining, becoming part in, of Team USA, and she talked about the rock violation, the hog line violation in the ninth, which caused, which caused all the drama. Let's hear what she had to say about living out her Olympic dream. All right, Nina, the emotions you're feeling, you're going to the Winter Olympics to represent the United States. How does it feel? It feels awesome. Absolutely amazing. What? When did it, uh, obviously it's probably not going to hit you for a while, but when did it hit you that we've won this thing? Because stared y'all stared at the rocks, wasn't sure, but then you knew, hey, we had this one. I was just in disbelief. I was worried that we were wasting time looking in the rocks when I only had like a minute and 20 seconds to throw my last one. I was like, Tab, we got to go. And, um, you know, to see the look on her face, and we were both just kind of stunned in that moment. And How'd you handle the nerves out there in a game, in a game three decisive? all eight players feeling the same kind of pressure how did you personally handle it just um stayed close to my team you know we we like to give high fives and stay positive and that's when when we're connected is when we're in our groove and so we knew that if we did that we we could find a way to get on top music music between hell ends help again today helped so much i love the music it's definitely a big part of my pregame routine too Talk to us about the violation and just regrouping after that. It's obviously one of those things that rarely ever happens. Just how did you just get past it? Say, look, we just got one more end to play. We got to go get this. Yep. Um, you know, my teammates were fantastic at picking me up. We kind of all huddled up, took a deep breath, and they could see that I was stressing out about it a little bit because um, it just my heart dropped into my stomach and I just felt so bad. But they were phenomenal at just talking me back up and saying, "We got." this we have hammer if we get two this is done we're golden what was the embrace with your husband and family like over there just what was that like to grab them and say we did it they've really been a part of this process too they've been phenomenal fans my husband i married him and then joined the hp program and i've been gone ever since and my mom has lived and breathed every moment of my curling and stressed out about it probably more than i have at times um since i was in junior so to to celebrate with them was awesome what does it feel like to be able to say i'm an olympian now you're going to walk in the opening ceremonies of the olympic games it's really cool it's everything i've ever dreamed of since i was little congratulations nina we're pulling for you thank you so much all right that was skip nina roth after the win over jamie sinclair as you would imagine a lot of tears a lot of uh you know just the hard work comes to an end for jamie they battled to the bitter end it was the kind of back and forth three game series we thought would come down to the last rock we did not need that last rock but let's go to the ninth end that nina talked about there in the interview after the game jamie is down uh four to five and she gets it excuse me yeah four to five Gets a steal of two when Nina's final rock, hog line violation, red light goes on. I think, from my understanding, it was the only the second one of the entire week. My understanding was there was one in the men's game. But only the second hog line violation. It gives Jamie Sinclair two. And then Nina Roth comes down with hammer in ten. 
Yeah, to set that up, almost, you know, almost Nina's worst nightmare there. She felt, you know, in the interview, she talked about how she was, you know, in shock almost to a degree. And she had to write herself. That end kind of got away from her earlier in the end, I think. Uh, You know, it really felt like Nina's team was controlling the game. And then all of a sudden, you know, she gets the hammer back in, in nine, up one without. And she makes a bit of a mistake on her first call. The, the they really didn't manage the scoreboard very well there. There's uh, two guards out front, a, a tight corner guard, and a little bit longer center guard that that Jamie had a rock hidden behind. And yep. and Nina decided to run the corner guard in because likely it was closer to the rinks. She felt like it was easier to make that shot. But the problem there is, is if she missed it, which she did, she allowed Jamie to draw another stone on top and hide two behind a center guard and open up the door to steal two. So. You know, a bit of a mistake from Nina's part there. It was going to be a tough draw anyways for the the shot that Nina was throwing that she red-lighted. You know, her best-case scenario was likely to give up a steal of one. Yeah. Two stones in the forefoot that were going to be tough to outcount. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to see Nina win that game after that red light because you know it would have been the only thing people would have remembered from this game. It, it would have been four long years if that hog line violation was the difference in the game. And we, I don't want to say the pick. It, well, the pick wasn't the difference in the game last night again with Schuster and McCormick. It, was, it came at a bad time. But the hog line violation, if she's not able to come through in the 10th with Hammer, that would have been a excruciatingly long wait to erase that memory for Nina Roth and company. Yeah. You know, one thing I like that I saw after that moment, I, I observed the athletes because that's really defeating in that moment. Oh, You're, yeah. Your dream is right in front of you. And her teammates really rallied around her and supported her, and they had some smiles out of her. So it really prepared her, I think, to go into that 10th end, uh, to clear her mindset, to focus on getting there too in that end and ultimately winning uh, the Olympic title or the right to be an Olympian. Yeah, it's 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 a spot where, uh, you know, this team is battle-hardened, tested, They've been playing on the World Curling Tour for uh, for several years now against many of the best teams in the game. You know, they've faced setbacks in those games, and, and they really work hard and, and do a great job to overcome them. And, and uh, you know, kudos to, to the staff for preparing this team well, sports psychologist on the bench. Um, you know, uh, they have all the things they need to do to be great, and you saw Nina and her team overcome some incredible adversity in that mm-hmm. ninth end tonight. Here's Becca Hamilton, lead for Team Roth, on what she told Nina in the huddle going to the 10th after that violation and what it's like to be feeling t- to be an Olympian going to South Korea. All right, Becca, just take us through it. Uh, what a game. It's pretty much what we expected, a down to the very end between two fantastic teams. Just real quick, just talk about the game and that Jamie and their, they played. Definitely. Um, I, we came out sharp, and we really had to capitalize on misses if we had any. They played great. We just we just came out sharp, and we're ready. To, ready to, we know what we wanted. <laughs> How did you handle, I mean, what was it like, obviously, the emotions and the nerves just kind of build as you get closer and then the hog line violation, but how do you handle the, the nerves and the pressure? You know, I kind of look at it like another game. I Obviously, it's worth a lot, but you go out there, you play it like you always play, and and I think that good things, good results will come. Yeah, absolutely. 
What does it feel to be able to now call yourself, you're an Olympian? I don't believe it yet. <laughs> I guess I'll probably wait a couple of days and let it soak in. I asked Eileen, uh, how did you guys kind of, what did y'all say to each other in between the ninth and 10th after the violation? Did you just, let's go finish this thing? Yeah, and I told Nina, you know, down by one, coming home with Hammer, we can generate a deuce. We've been doing it all week, so I knew that we had to make a good shot there. Tabit made an excellent run to put us in the position to get to, so it all worked out. Have you pictured yourself walking in an opening ceremony before and where you're lying in bed or walking out to the ice to practice? Have you ever had that thought? No. Not really. I mean, I obviously watch it on TV, and you always know that you could be there. But it just hasn't really sunk in yet. What are these next few weeks and months, days going to be like for you guys as you get ready to go compete on the world's biggest stage? You know, I don't think much is going to change. Nina and I are down at the ice every day practicing, and we're just going to keep doing the gym and practicing together. Congratulations. Thank you so much. All right, that's Becca Hamilton on what the next few weeks are going to be like as they prepare to go take on the world's best in, in South Korea. And, you know, for somebody like Tabitha Peterson, guys, that was – had this shot four years ago, and to come up short, she's been on that other side. And, you know, what she talked about after the game was, you know, the chance to kind of right or wrong, but she know, knows exactly what Jamie Sinclair and that young team is facing. Here's what Tabitha Peterson had to say, the third for Team Roth. All right, Tabitha, just take us back through the game, a down-to-the-wire affair. It's basically what we expected, two fantastic teams on the ice. Yeah. Um, what? Sorry, what was your question? No. Sorry. All right, Tabitha, take us back through the game. Two incredible teams that duke it out to the absolute wire. Just take us back through the game and how it transpired down to the very last rock. Yeah. Um, you know, we had kind of a, a game plan set, so we knew what we needed to do right away. Um, and we really, really liked the rocks that we had, and we played well with them in the first game, so we were confident in those. Um, but yeah, I mean, even with all the ups and downs, there were more ups, and just one, one setback in nine, but we just powered through it and knew that we could finish this one out, so you just got to stay strong and stay positive. When did it hit that you guys had won and, and the emotions on the ice to say, we're going to the Olympic Games? <laughs> When I hovered over the rocks and looked, I, Nina thought she had to throw her last shot. And I was like, well, I'm just going to take a peek, see, see what's up here. And then I was like, Nina, no, no. And she just, like, gave me this ghost look, like, what? Are you sure? And I'm like, look at it. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. You've been in a similar situation playing in a final at the trials before. What does this mean to you personally where you have been right there and could taste it? Now you got a mouthful and you're going to the Olympics. Yeah, it's an amazing feeling. Um, Yeah, I totally know how it feels to be on the other side of it. Um, Obviously, four years ago, we came up that, you know, short in the finals. And, you, I mean, every experience that you get in high-pressure situations like this is going to just help you um, in the future. So, And then finally, you know, the chance to compete on the biggest stage of your sport, the Olympic Games. I mean, just... Take us through what it's going to be like if you can picture going to South Korea wearing the Stars and Stripes. I know. it's There's no words to describe it, honestly. Um, but I think we're going to prepare ourselves for it's going to be crazy with media and everything like that. And honestly, I'm probably just going to talk to past Olympians and just tell, like, just any advice just to get through kind of that extra 
pressure of it being the Olympics and because we want to we're not just we don't want to just go we want to win a medal so we're going to prepare ourselves and make sure we do it right congratulations good luck in South Korea Price, thank you all right that's Tabitha Peterson right there right after the game obviously very excited guys yeah Tab's got to be the star of that game uh, big time shot in that 10th end really set up the end yeah. and, and yep. uh, you know helped uh, Nina overcome a, a lot of what happened in the ninth end you know the Roth team was never really in trouble after after that run back. They they set up several stones in behind the guards, and Jamie really had to play a bail shot on her first just to give herself a chance to hide a stone. And then Nina threw the draw to the back corner of the house, and and uh, Jamie came up a little little heavy, a little straight on the line, and uh, they won without Nina having to throw her last. Yeah. All right, here's what Jamie Sinclair, a few minutes with her, obviously very emotional, very upset, but uh, she talked with us afterwards downstairs right after the game. It's a struggle. Um, yeah, it wasn't my best performance, so um, we, were, we were able to make a comeback in that game. We had, it, we had a chance. Um, it just wasn't my best performance. Were nerves a factor today for you? Yeah, there's definitely some nerves. Um, yeah, it's, it's normal, and I think nerves to a certain degree is a good thing, because if I wasn't nervous, then I wouldn't care as much. Um, so... What did you learn over the last week that you take away from this? It was a great experience uh, to compete at this level, um, to compete against top teams in the U.S. and, and in the world. So um, I think as a team, we, it just helped us grow. Uh, we've only been together for two years. Um, I didn't really know the girls before that. So I think that we've really uh, developed a lot over this past week. After Nina's hotline violation, how were you feeling about your team's chances at that point? It was tricky because you don't want to get ahead of yourself. Um, it was a lucky break for us, um, but we didn't want to get a false sense of security, um, so we kept the pedal down in the 10th end, and they made a nice run back, so kind of took the end away from us. All right, that's Jamie Sinclair right after the game. Again, they come up short, but that's a team that there's no question about it. If they had pulled this out, they would be in the same situation as Roth going to South Korea. We're going to be right in the thick of things, but it is Nina Roth. It's Jamie, that entire team, they've got a lot in front of them. Yeah, a great young team. Jamie's got you know passion for the game. You know, you really hope uh, Alex will continue. I know uh, she's had some, uh, you know, she questions it a bit and whether she is able to, to do this. She works up a pretty high level job and and yeah. uh is pretty busy with her career and 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 building that there and of course you know the rest of the team they're 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 a little bit older than the rest of the squad monica's probably mm-hmm. i believe monica was the oldest athlete in the field um and then of course vicky's uh from alaska so mm-hmm. uh you know she's far away from home and and uh, you hope these athletes continue you know they they are building something very special you know that team has had some challenges in lineups in the past and you know they all kind of came together as that third team i think and and uh you know it, it's great to see this success they had on tour the grand slam where they they qualified for mm-hmm. the playoffs in the last event and you know very special lineup mm-hmm. you know when you look at all they've accomplished in just these two years they've been together uh, you hope that they manage to stay together just to see what else is in front of them and what else they can achieve 
All right, uh, Eileen Geving, the second for Team Roth, caught up with her for a few minutes. She talked about managing the pressure, and she also talked about what's the feeling going to be like going in to the opening ceremonies at the Winter Olympics. All right, Eileen, you come off the ice. What are your feelings right now? Just in shock. I'm just so happy and so proud of myself, my team, and everyone. I just doesn't seem real. How did you guys regroup after the violation in the ninth? I mean, what did you guys say in the huddle to each other? Well, we knew we've been having really good hammer efficiency all week, and so we knew we could get two. It's just a matter of letting the pass go and just making that our goal. Yeah. What was what was the I mean the pressure, the nerves building? Obviously, as you get closer and can taste it, what was it like? How did you manage it? A lot of deep breaths, a lot of just time in the hack after you clean the rock, just an extra breath and just thinking about what you're trying to accomplish and remembering that you might be a hair stronger than you normally are just because of the nerves. What does this mean to be able to represent the United States of America, knowing that you're going to march in the opening ceremonies? I mean, what is that feeling inside like? It's incredible. I just feel so proud. I'm happy to be on the U.S. team and just can't wait to go out there and perform. Make uh, Thanksgiving maybe a little bit more special next week? Oh, yeah. We'll we'll definitely have some fun, and it's going to be a lot of smiles for the next 82 days until we're there. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, that was Eileen Geving, who shot a team-high 90% as our head statistician and assistant head statistician, Jerry Gertz, Curling Zone, and Amelia Young. I Just quick thoughts before we get out of here. We're going to take a quick break after this and get into the men's side, but just it, just it was exactly what we thought it would be between Nina and Jamie. Just Nina, they made the shots at the end when they needed to. Again, it came down to seconds. You know, we predicted from the start – you know, which second is going to dictate the style of play? Who's going to show up and, and put the strongest performances together? And and this time it was Eileen, just like the first game where she outshot Vicky. And, uh, you know, when, when Eileen gets to lead the way, throw the draws, set up, set up the game and set up the ends, Nina has success. Yep. Amelia? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Eileen had a, a stellar game uh, today, and it was, it was really fun to watch and just see her um, kind of bounce back. She struggled a little bit in their loss to St. Clair mm-hmm. uh, the night prior, so I, I agree that she uh, did make a huge difference there. All right, when we come back, you're going to hear from a lot of members of Team Schuster. You'll hear, hear from Heater McCormick. A lot of emotion from those guys. And, again, John Schuster, the only the second four-time Olympian in USA curling history, joining Debbie McCormick. We're going to get into everything that went down in just a back-and-forth uh, thriller that Schuster jumped on top early when we come back right here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network powered by Isagenics. If you're looking to buy new curling equipment, don't settle for cheap imitations. Hardline came onto the scene seven years ago and is at the forefront of high performance and recreational curling equipment. Hardline's ice pad is the best choice when it comes to brush heads, which is why top-ranked pros play with it, including world champions Team Gushu, as well as U.S. men's and women's national champions Team Schuster and Team Sinclair. Whether you're looking for brooms, the Pro Slide Delivery Aid designed by Reed Carruthers, or shoes and apparel, take a look at Hardline and see why they are the number one choice for curling equipment. Show the sponsor your support by going to tesn.us and clicking on the Hardline Ice Pad logo. All right, welcome back into the Extra Extra and Podcast with the 12th and Sports Network, powered by Isagenics, Price Atkinson, uh, Curling Zone President, CEO, Jerry Gertz, Amelia Young, 
It's been a long week, guys. I'm starting to get a little bit. I don't even know what I'm at anymore because it's just it's beyond exhaustion. It's autopilot. But we're high atop in the bird's nest, fourth floor of Baxter Arena. Everything is being taken apart as we speak. Below us, you can hear the everything going on down on the first floor, the ice. And on the men's side tonight, Heater and, and John Schuster, it was a game where John came out and made shots, but what they did was they jumped on Heater with the hammer three, uh, with three in the first, and that really set the tone as Heat had to play from behind the rest of the way. Yeah, hot, hot, hot. I think they burned the building down here today. <laughs> yeah, it was truly magic in here. It, uh, it was a treat to watch that game. Great, both, both great crowd, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was electric. Fantastic crowd in here, Jerry. Yeah, both teams shot the lights out, and, and if it wasn't for John grabbing that early three, we would have really been in for a tight game down to the end. Uh, Heath McCormick and Chris Plies both you know, shot the lights out early to keep yep. them in the game. Corey Dropkin struggled a little bit early. You know, I think uh, you know for a young guy, some nerves going on there, likely again, same thing. And, uh, you know, the rest of the lineup stepped up. But the problem was, is Schuster's team didn't relent. The first half of the game, they were on fire, and they held back the, the McCormick charge trying to get back into the game. And, you know, another 90% of John Schuster. Matt Hamilton with an 89 as well at second. You know, they were firing on all cylinders. If, if Schuster's team can go into Pyeongchang, Korea with this kind of game, playing like this, they'll be standing on the podium in February. All right, here's Tyler George after the game, and he said that he believed that the four of them, the way they're playing at their respective positions, uh, one through four, that they're playing the best they ever have right now as a team. Here's Tyler George, the vice kip for Team Schuster. You got a big smile, my man. After game one, it was not smiles, but you guys rally. You get the last two. Just kind of talk about this journey to get here but through these best of three finals well you know that uh, quote in Shawshank Redemption about crawling through the 500 yards uh, you know what yeah that's uh, that's about what it felt like you know and to, to to have to go through all this to get here I mean that's you want to be an Olympian that's what you have to do and uh, you know I've had a few heartbreaks that have stung that you know that makes it tough to bounce back and come back here but uh you know, boy, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's still hitting, you know. I mean, it, it's, it's just been such a long road, and I'm just so happy. And I'm, I, I'm just so happy I get to share it with my family and the team and, you know, all my loved ones. And it's just all the support from everybody has just been unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever felt so fulfilled in my life, you know. Long-time dream, a long-time skip. You join up with John, this incredible team you guys have. You pull off it. Now you're going to represent the United States in the Winter Olympics. What does that mean to you living out a dream with, I know, a whole lot more to come from Team Schuster? I would bet if you asked me tomorrow, I'd probably have a better answer for you. Uh, God, I just, I told the guys so many times this year, you know, that this is the only thing, like, in curling that really, really matters to me. Now, I mean, going to, you know, Worlds every obviously has been fantastic, and it's a great experience, but the Olympics is just a totally different animal, and, uh, you know, I've had to watch it from afar uh, quite a few times now, and uh, it's just—it's—it's it's the dream. It's the Olympics. I mean, I don't know what to say. It's just—you know—I've been waiting to share this with with my family for so long. And these moments, you know, I'm just going to soak up everything I can tonight and for the next couple months. What are these next couple months and weeks going to be like for you guys? Because I know you—you you have been unabashed saying our goal is not just to get to the Olympics; it's to get on the podium. 
Yeah, I, I think we uh, we got a great rhythm going right now. Obviously, we played well enough to win this. Uh, you know, it's not going to be resting on our laurels and, you know, saying we're the Olympic team, so, you know, we don't have to do anything here. Uh, uh, it'll be a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of tournaments, a lot of practice, uh, but I, I really believe that uh, we're playing one through four as good as we ever have as a team and just the mental toughness that we've shown, you know, to get through uh, everything this year, last year, I mean, the last three years, uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot of hard work. You know, it's going to be fun. You know, th- this is the best kind of hard work. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll be busting our tails to, uh, to do the best we can to represent. How does it sound? Tyler George, 2018 Winter Olympian. God, don't ever stop saying that. <laughs> Sounds great, man. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Bryce. All right, that was Tyler George right there. He shot a team low 82%. He had some misses there late in the game, but wasn't bad. But you mentioned coming out hot. Heater McCormick answers with two in the second, a, a really good crosshouse double on his last rock. Schuster comes back with one. They really kind of alternated, and it, it really wasn't until the, the blank end in the six where Heater really he quite, he said he didn't know what happened on that rock that led to the blank end. He he's, he was puzzled afterwards. Yeah, they had an opportunity to score two, rolled out, and unfortunately left them you know with with the option to to blank instead. It's uh, you know definitely a missed opportunity in this game, and and for Heater, I know he was talking about it post game where he felt like there was really a good chance to get back in this game and with the way the guys were playing you know it it would have been interesting to see how he got that point that that two point to spot to tie the game yeah the only deuces in the game amelia was in the it was the first two ends was the three for john and then the the deuce for heater and then it was just simply trading singles the rest of the way and heater makes a really nice draw john was lying two there in the ninth end uh, and they they were down 6-4, but a really nice draw from Heater to get in just to get the one. Yeah, he really uh, put that draw in the right position to uh, force John to make that shot uh, to win the game. Uh, it's great to see that. I, I think speaking again to how Chris and, and Heater shot, if you look at their degree of difficulty, it was just through the roof. They were mm-hmm. almost at three. It was run back after run back. Uh, just amazing to see that level of play. Yeah, in, in, in the 10th uh, end, up 6-5, to five, you know, Schuster's sitting there looking at it. He throws his <laughs> I'd be honest, I didn't think his final stone was was good. I thought it was out, and I thought we were going to extras. I thought it was a steal of one, going to knot it at six all. I really thought we were playing. From my angle, I was down on the risers, you know, with the coach's bench and stuff. I It looked to me, and even looking up at the uh, Jumbotron, it looked like it was out. Yeah, Tyler talked about that spot a little bit in, in a post-game interview that I had with him. Uh-huh. And... Uh, he said Heater had some trouble there too. That yeah. was the that was the shot where they got themselves into trouble where they had a chance to to get a deuce and and Tyler didn't think it was a problem and he kind of made kind of a funny comedy broom in the air, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that better hold on cuz I'm going to look kind of stupid doing that. Yeah. And, yeah, just watching that rock spin and spin. We're all I think up here on the edge of our seat wondering if we're going to extras or if we just saw the Olympic title get clinched. And it took a second for you see John and you know Tyler's looking at it and you see John back there after throwing it and he's he didn't really know if it was good or not until they you know it took him a few minutes or a few seconds and then the arms started going up like uh oh did I just and the arms stayed up there with and then the smile quickly appeared yeah lucky in that situation it was only for the tie (laughs) imagine the intensity and the feelings he'd be going through if that was the winning point yeah matt hamilton shared some feelings afterwards tonight about the chance and the opportunity to go to the winter olympics for the first time 
as a first-time Olympian, also with his sister, Becca Hamilton, a first-time Olympian. Matt, the emotions you feel right now, you're going to the Winter Olympic Games. You know, it's it's surreal. Um, it's one thing to know I'm going with my team that I've been with for the last four years and have worked our butts off for, but to watch my sister win earlier and know that we both accomplished our like dreams of getting to the Olympics, and now it's time to take it to the next level. But it's hard, it's hard to put into words. It feels amazing. What kind of dream is it to live this out? You go to the Olympics, but somebody that you're so close to is a is a sister, is a brother, but on the ice. I mean, what is this journey mean going to mean to you to do this with her? I mean, it, it's a remarkable feeling. We have been together for a very long time obviously she's she's such a good sister and she always takes my advice and I take her advice and like we just work well together and the fact that we're both going is going to make playing mixed doubles next month a lot easier yeah what about uh, this battle out there with Heater McCormick it goes to three games I mean you guys have dealt with the pressure before of a win and go home you guys just come through time and time again and you did it tonight before an incredible crowd you know we, when we got down that first game, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a little bit of doubt. But I knew that we've got the team that's capable of winning two in a row. Um, we beat them twice in the round robin, so we know it's doable. And we just we weren't ready to lay down. Uh, we've put way too much time and effort in these last four years. We earned the U.S. this Olympic spot, and we were like, let's fight for that spot. And uh, we came out on top. They're a great team, and I wish them the best. I hope you like Oriental food. Oh, I love Korean barbecue. <laughs> Congratulations, Matt. Thank you very much. I mean, what a neat opportunity right there is Matt's going to be going to the Olympics coming up with his sister, Becca, two people that are very, very close. They obviously play mixed doubles together, have a shot to go in two events now with their respective teams, but also to play in mixed doubles with the mixed doubles uh, trials coming up next month in Blaine. Yeah, it's a pretty neat story, Matt and Becca. They're, they're really an interesting pair. Um, I had the opportunity to hang out with uh, Becca this summer in uh, Hollywood at the uh, Blockbuster Bonspiel there, and and Matt, uh, you know, I I've known him for several years through the Grand Slams and and him being down in Hollywood the year before, and you know they are really genuine great people, yeah. And I'm so happy for the two of them to both be uh, doing this together. And what an amazing experience they're going to share. You know, hopefully they'll also. Um, be successful in their bid to be the mixed doubles champion. Yep. Um, unbeknownst to the other athletes in that uh, field, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just it would be I think a, just a kind of the icing or the cherry on top of that cake if they would succeed in that quest as well, and just have that memory to share also. Yeah, and John Schuster, another guy that's got some memories of the Olympics, now going to his fourth Winter Games, and it's a it's a guy and a skip John Schuster who has grown, he's matured, he's more fit. He said in the interview he's more prepared. He's more excited going to this games because he is feels like his this team is is better prepared as anyone he's gone to the Olympics with. Here's four time now four time Olympian John Schuster. John, what's emotion right now? You've been down this road before. What's this one like? Um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's extremely special. Um, anytime I can help people achieve achieve you know dreams of becoming olympians um it's one that i've obviously um had the had the opportunity to, to achieve myself and to to be able to help or be a part of of two more people's new um title is extremely special 
what's the excitement like to uh, you know take these guys to the Olympics? A couple of them have never been. The journey that you've gone through together as a group because you guys are so very tight and close. Um, uh, yeah, it's we're gonna we're gonna put in a ton of work here in the next in the next eighty days and um, and go there prepared to uh, to fight for for a gold medal. You, you guys, and talking with Tyler a little bit earlier, you guys have been real honest and upfront. Our goal was not just to make the Winter Olympics. Our goal is to get on the podium. Yeah, and uh, and for me, my, my goal in this in this sport was always to get at the top of the podium at a Worlds or Olympics. And uh, yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna give everything we have um, for the next for the next three months and and see what we what we can make happen. Just real quick on Heater McCormick and those guys. Obviously, a great battle played down to three ends. You guys have had your backs against the wall before. You've said we've been in a situation where it's win or go home, and you guys come through again like you have time and time again. Yeah, it's uh, a resilient group of dudes, <laughs> resilient group of guys I got with me, and uh, um, really guys that can can focus on tasks at hand. Um, you know, we left, we had to leave the emotions um, off the ice and. As far as like what was at stake and where we were standing, and go out there and play our game, um, and do the little things that got us here, and uh, and we were able to do that the last two days. How excited! Uh, what a kind of a shot in the arm did it give you when you heard Luke's cheers from the uh, stands, ringing throughout Baxter Arena every game? Oh, you know it's uh, yeah. I, have, I mean, this is nothing without the without your support system, whether that be your family or friends, um, and to have all of them up there um, being loud and and actually. My favorite picture was one I didn't even get to be a part of, but I looked back there and they took a picture as the as the group of all our family and friends and looked. There's about 50 or 60 people, and uh, um, to have that support is is really incredible. Four-time Olympian John Schuster, it sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Bryce. Thanks, John. Thank you. All right, that was John Schuster right there. Obviously excited. Had a lot of Luke cheers from his oldest son. You could hear them ringing throughout the building. I know you could hear them on the NBC broadcast. A very proud dad. A very proud skip of team schuster and uh, for a guy to go get the chance to go back to the olympics after what happened the last two years i think these guys are firmly poised to contend for the podium yeah this is not a uh, a john schuster team that uh you know we saw in 2010 2014 this team has been playing the best in the world consistently for the last three seasons they go out, they're training, they're getting in shape, they're doing everything they need to to be, you know, able to compete. Isogenics, sponsor of the podcast, you know. John Schuster is definitely, go, definitely uh, <laughs> a, uh, you know, a great example of uh, what can be done there. Yeah. And, and they've gone out and played a really tough schedule. I mean, it, if you need to be more battle-tested, I don't know anybody, at least in this country, that has played a schedule – like they have they yeah. have they have gone out and tested themselves the last two years yeah it's one of the things that we can track uh, with one of uh, we've got some reports on curling zone where we actually rate the the uh, toughness of the schedule you know the nfl kind of does the thing uh, that way as well where they use it for tiebreakers i believe to a degree but you can see john schuster's schedule the games he plays stands up against anybody in the world you know they put themselves out there. You know their win loss record. I believe it's now like something like twenty one and eighteen. It doesn't necessarily jump out at you, but they've been playing the best teams in the world, and uh, you know they're going to be ready come February to uh, to 
be successful. Mm-hmm. And I think that schedule really set up and allowed them to make sure that they could handle this game against Heater because yeah. they came out guns a-blazing as well. They did. You know, and watching them over the years, uh, when I volunteered at these nationals doing stats, you can truly see the growth in their game, um, not just their shot-making but also their strategy. And that is a direct reflection of them playing these higher-level teams and getting that experience and exposure. Yeah, That, that maturity, that uh, calm, relaxed nature out on the ice – you know, John doesn't blow up anymore. Yeah. You know, you see that, you know, when something goes a little wrong, you know, he finds ways to to reset himself. Yeah. And, and uh, he trusts his teammates now. That is huge. You know, and I think a little bit of that maybe comes from being a dad, too. I'm sure he's learned uh, to improve upon patience if he maybe had struggles <laughs> yeah. with that in the past. Um, that's, that, I think, has helped his game a lot. Yep. Yeah, you know what? Matt Hamilton would be uh, – uh, I'm sure Matt has been accused of being a child a few times in the past, <laughs> and uh, his, mat- his, uh, his fun-loving level uh, would probably fit in pretty good with, uh, with uh, John's son, Luke, too, right there. Well, despite coming up a little bit short, uh, Heater McCormick gets caught up with him just for a couple minutes afterwards. Here's what our man from Sarnia, Ontario, Heater McCormick, had to say afterwards. Peter, just talk about the game. I mean, it came down to the end. It was a dogfight out there, just coming up short. Yeah, I mean, obviously the three in the first was not good. Um, maybe I didn't play the right shot. Could have maybe slashed one in there and got gave him a two. But, I mean, if we if we sweep my last one a second earlier and it gets to the back one, it's a force to one. Uh, you know, we fought back hard. We had a nice, played a perfect six end until mine somehow rolled out there which was a killer i mean we had that deuce we was gonna put the pressure back on them um you know and then and then we didn't get a whole lot of opportunity uh after that so just talk about the play of your teammates this week and you guys obviously proud of the three guys that you play with absolutely we fought really hard we worked really really hard uh this is one of the best events you know, we all we brought everything together, all the shit that we've been working on and lapsed and relapsed uh, mentally and on ice stuff. Uh, we did it all this week, um, and that's obviously part of the reason why we were here right till the end. Um, obviously, very very disappointing, and and uh, you know, it's going to take a while <laughs> to get over this one, but. Um, you know, we'll be we'll be ready to go at the nationals, and um, you know we'll be winning that. We'll see you soon. Thanks. All right, that's Skip Peter McCormick right there. Those guys, uh, you know, he said it's going to take a while to get over this one, but they will be back. They'll be competing at nationals, trying to obviously earn a spot to the worlds, which will be played here uh, in Las Vegas on U.S. soil, which should be a fantastic. We had some great crowds and energy atmosphere in here, which we'll talk about in a few minutes on the other side before we come back. But that's going to be wild in Vegas. Yeah, John Halloran from uh, the Reno Tahoe uh, committee was here this week as well, checking out everything going on, and uh, and uh, we had a, I had a little chat with him talking about uh, Vegas and and looking forward to it, and and it should be a great week. Yep. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back here to wrap this thing up for one final time here on the Extra Extra and Podcast from Baxter Arena, high atop in the Bird's Nest. Price Atkinson, Jerry Gertz, and Amelia Young. We will be right back. If you're looking to buy new curling equipment, don't settle for cheap imitations. Hardline came onto the scene seven years ago and is at the forefront of high performance and recreational curling equipment. Hardline's ice pad is the best choice when it comes to brush heads, which is why top-ranked pros play with it, including world champions 
Team Gushu, as well as U.S. men's and women's national champions, Team Schuster and Team Sinclair. Whether you're looking for brooms, the Pro Slide Delivery Aid designed by Reed Carruthers, or shoes and apparel, take a look at Hardline and see why they are the number one choice for curling equipment. Show this sponsor your support by going to tesn.us and clicking on the Hardline Ice Pad logo. All right, welcome back into the Extra Extra Room podcast. Bryce Atkinson, Jerry Gertz, Amelia Young right up here as we are going to get ready to finish up here as everything is being taken down. You hear drills ablazing. It'll be a late night here in Baxter Arena. But I guess really starting off, what a place to have this event. I thought the Olympic trials here, curling night in America was fun. We had good crowds, but what we saw in here for eight, nine days at Baxter Arena, we saw fantastic curling. We saw fantastic crowds, incredible energy. I hope this event comes back here, whether it's nationals, trials. I hope we're back here sooner than later in Omaha. Yeah, they did a great job here. The host committee really deserves a pat on their back. Um, Not only did they run a great event, they got a lot of people out to it. A lot of those people weren't exposed to curling, but they did a great job. The fans were educated. Uh, they knew when to cheer, when to be quiet. Um, and this area, you know, it's got a lot of walkability, a lot of restaurants, things around it. So I have no doubts in my mind we will be back here for something in the near future. Yeah. If we do come back here for a big event, you know what? You're a curling fan and you're looking to come watch some curling. There's, there really isn't a better place to come, come and enjoy the game. Like Amelia's saying, the area around here is great. You know, lots of great restaurants. The hotels are close. Yeah. You know, didn't have to walk or didn't have to drive the car from the hotel to the arena at any point this week, which makes it really neat experience. You know, you can park the car, you can relax, you can enjoy the atmosphere, and 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 really uh, let loose here a little bit. There was only one problem I had. I had only one single issue with the location here. We need a Taco Bell within walking <laughs> distance, and we need to get Rich Lepping on the horn and tell him. You got plenty of time. We don't know when we're coming back, but Rich, please build one. Get one up somewhere near Sarban Village here in Omaha. That was the only thing we're missing because we couldn't do our traditional twelve-pack taco challenge. Well, we got one round in. We got I think one we, round we in. Okay. But we were eating daily when we were out in Everett, Washington. I, you know, you have your daily Red Bulls. We need daily Taco Bell, guys. I mean, it's only right. Yeah, well, we'll uh, sell our, we'll sell ourselves for sponsors any day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. You mentioned the host committee, the folks with the Omaha Sports Commission, Wes Hall, Chris Kircher, Lindsey Toussaint, Emily Christensen. Their entire staff and team tirelessly working, not just one event, but two events. I mean, they greased the skids with Curling Night. They got, you know, brought curling to Omaha for the first time. The Xarban Curling Club, what they did with the big O'Bonspiel next door, getting people to come in and, 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 and curl on the arena ice over in the Holland Ice down on the first floor. I mean, there were just a lot of bells and whistles with this that were the Winterfest that we had over at uh, Stinson Park. Uh, God, it seems like it was two five months ago at this point but it was eight days you know last saturday i mean just the different things that went on the broomstack lounge downstairs um the different content I mean, it was just the little things that just add up to put on a a list event and the, everybody here that came together they did it coming from canada you know i i end up down here in the united states and i always gain a new perspective on the sport you know, it's really neat to see the growth down here, the interest, the age demographic of the fans who come and enjoy the game. You know, this country is primed for a breakout. 
you know, we there is there's you know, the game is ready to bust out here and you know, we don't want to add any extra pressure to the curlers, you know, medals would be great to to really help that and you know, I think naturally that that's going to come very very soon on top of that. Yeah. One of my one regrets was we did not get Kate Capeness, the president of the World Curling Federation, who came over from Scotland about midweek, middle to end of maybe I think Wednesday, who was here. I wish we, I wish I had more forethought and got her on. But one thing she said on the twelfth and uh, fifth end break that we had, I can't remember what day. I think it was the first day she was here, was that the U.S. is a sleeping giant in curling, and they have been awoken. Yeah, the World Curling Federation is paying attention to what's going on here. Mm-hmm. The the sport is being put into a great position. You know, everybody involved in USA Curling is really stepping up their game and taking advantage of the opportunities that the World Curling Federation is presenting to them. And, you know, I know there's a lot of naysayers about USA Curling out there and the things that are going on. But if you see what's going on behind the scenes and and get a feel for the amount of work everybody is putting in to try and take advantage of this huge opportunity to grow the game mm-hmm. it's it's really neat to see that and and you know what kate and and graham prouse was down here as well who's the uh, vp of the americas and and you know they see the opportunity and they see the great work being done and it's you know it's great to see yeah. them out here uh, recognizing that yeah and you know one on a personal note, you know, I want to say thanks to Joe and and, and uh, BA for the opportunity to come out here and, and do this with them on the 12th and Sports Network and be a part of the stream and, you know, just bringing me in and allowing me to do that and appreciate you guys and, uh, you know, for sitting up here tonight. It's very late. We're tired. We're hungry. We're hangry at this point. We need a cold one, which we're going to go in search of here as soon as this is live on the air. But appreciate you guys putting up with me up here. It was a lot of fun, and I'm going to miss you guys next week on Thanksgiving. It was a blast. Yeah, I'll miss you too, but you know what? We get to see you back in March in Fargo uh, for Nationals where hopefully we can replicate this environment and see curling at the same level and be cheering on our Olympians again. That's right. And I'd like to thank you, Price, for all the tireless work that you put in to promote the game. You know, your passion for the sport is amazing, coming from South Carolina where curling is – in its infancy at oh, this come point. come on. You're, you're selling it <laughs> short, Gertz. But, uh, you hadn't had a Red Bull in 12 hours. Look <laughs> at you. But you know what? It, it's really neat to see what you've brought to the game, and I'm looking forward to doing some more work with you in the future and, and uh, you know, maybe bring you up to Canada for an event or two. We got some ideas cooking. We got some ideas cooking. That's all we're going to say right here because you probably throw me well, off. Well, the teaser. Ad. It is a teaser, but uh, we will be back. We're going to take a week off for Thanksgiving next week. We will not have a podcast next week. We are going to break bread after, what, eight, nine straight podcasts here. We're going to take a quick breather. Everybody's got family time. Everybody's going to have a happy Thanksgiving. I know you guys will. Hopefully we will. And we will be back the week following Thanksgiving as we will do a weekly podcast. We will continue the extra extra in. Just because the trials is over does not mean this is over. We're going to continue through mixed doubles and Blaine. I've got my fingers crossed things might work out for me to be out there. But mixed doubles, we obviously have got to get ready for the Olympics, the Paralympics, Nationals. There is a whole lot worlds. We have got a whole lot more curling in front of us. Yeah, you're going to see the focus kind of flip to mixed doubles, even for the athletes out here that we see, saw this week. Uh, 
I believe next weekend, uh, John Schuster's hosting a mixed doubles event in Duluth. Yes, that's right. And so that'll be a big test for a lot of the teams. I believe there's still a couple of spots available in the uh, trials three, yet. Three, I believe. So uh, you know there's going to be uh, teams, players out there that are going to be fired up looking to grab that last opportunity at the Olympics. Yep, the mixed doubles trials in mid-December and you know, a lot to talk about with that, but we'll wait on those uh, discretionary picks that will be coming out in the next couple of weeks, and I think we'll also find out fifths uh, for the different teams when it becomes official that are going to the Olympics as far as John Schuster and Nina Roth. Yeah, at of this course, point, Joe Polo is with uh, John. Yeah, they have to uh, submit a, a separate uh, proposal, or what, I don't have the right term for that, uh, to the USOC to have them confirmed, but... At this point, I'd expect Joe to be the fifth player. He's been with the team all season. Yeah, He's training and, and playing at a high level in the game. So, uh, you know, he'd fit into that lineup uh, at pretty much anywhere they need him to play. So yeah. uh, fully expect Joe to be that fifth player with uh, Team Schuster in Korea. All right. Well, for one final time, literally, is the lights go off down on the arena floor. I don't know if that was... <laughs> For us, or it literally, as we're saying this, the lights go off down there. But for the last time here in Omaha, Nebraska, in Baxter Arena, from the Bird's Nest, Price Atkinson, 12th and Sports Network, Jerry Gertz, Curling Zone, President and CEO, Amelia Young, Assistant Head Statistician, 2-1 Jerry Gertz. We will see you again here very soon on the Extract Trim Podcast with the 12th and Sports Network, powered by Isogenics. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast, powered by Isogenics. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes.